Welcome to Life Talks with Lauren. This podcast is all about having conversations around what's real for us and swapping shame and judgment for courage and connection. We'll cover topics like self-love, relationships, body image, mental health, and so much more. Think of it like getting together with one of your good friends and chatting about life. So grab your glass of wine, mug of tea, or your favorite drink, and let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 150 of the Life Talks with Lauren podcast. Isn't it crazy that I have 150 episodes? And I can only imagine how many I would have if I was as consistent as I used to be. Because, gosh, how many times, how often have I been publishing episodes in the last like two or three years? Um, It's definitely as I get time and feel inspired, which I feel like when I started this podcast, I was like going through, well, I know I was going through like such a personal growth journey that I was learning so much and I couldn't wait to share all of it. And there was a time where, well, obviously like, cause you know, I got, I started in health coaching and then I was like, oh, maybe I'm a life coach. And that was like when all of that was so popular. And then it was just like, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know that I ever really like sat on my high horse, but I feel like my perfectionism tendencies had gone from obsessing over my body and trying to control my weight into just like obsessing over my life and trying to be perfect and clinging to all of the personal development tools that I could get my hands on and then feeling like I could get to a point where my life was at least like felt I don't know I I feel like I'm like very I'm neurodivergent and I struggle with mental health and so I'll have times where I feel like really up And that's when I'm like productive and creative. And then I have really low lows. So I have like high highs and very low lows. And I thought that like if I did enough personal development, I could get to a point where I never had lows. And I'm learning that that is not the case. And at this point, I've tried all the different tools and I've found the ones that really work consistently and are realistic for me to keep up you know, long-term and, and to me, even consistency looks different than I used to think it looks like versus like, Oh, every day. And it has to be perfect. And you never miss a day. It's more just like on the days where it feels accessible to me and every day feels different. I feel like every day I kind of have to assess where I'm at, like what feels accessible to me. And I think right now too, I'm starting to experiment with pushing myself In the past, I had been pushing myself because I kind of had to when I was working full-time and stuff. I've been in a really comfortable place since moving to Okinawa, Japan and, you know, not working and being in like such control of my time and not really having to worry about money and stuff. So that's been a luxury, but I'm about to re-enter the quote-unquote real world again next year when I leave Japan And also going through, you know, some personal changes that is just really life is going to look completely different a year from now. And I want to challenge myself and change the way that I really speak about myself and my mental health for so many years now. And uh, I've, I've like allowed myself, I've almost enabled my behavior of just being like, well, you know, it's the social anxiety, it's this and this, it's the depression, it's all these things. And 
while I understand those are obviously huge factors and even on some of my worst days, I could never force myself to feel differently or do things that, you know, just like do things, I guess, in the way that I can when I'm feeling better. But I just got distracted by a noise and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so obviously those things that I experience are very real and there are going to be times where I can't force myself to do all of the things and that's where I need to find compassion. So interestingly enough, that ties into this episode's conversation where we're talking about body image and feeling more comfortable in your skin and accepting yourself more. And as I was kind of saying just now in the intro, that is something that has transferred where I found my perfectionist tendencies being satisfied through trying to control what my body looks like, but then that transferred. They always say that you transfer addictions, and I fully believe that because I've definitely experienced that over and over again in my life. So I really have to pay attention to any time that like I am feeling extreme or my mindset is just like harsh and critical. And if I'm being harsh and critical on myself or on others, I have to really examine that and kind of see that as a personal red flag. But anyway, I originally was going to do, I'm like kind of revamping older episodes of the podcast and speaking on them from where my mindset is today. And so I was going to do a redo of my episode 20 of this podcast called how to feel more comfortable in your skin. But then I realized I don't really necessarily want it to be a how to episode. I want it to be more of a conversation around the complexities of body image and how we feel in our skin I do tend to gear these episodes more toward women and I know that men do struggle with body image and I'll touch on that a little bit. It's just that I don't, it's hard for me to speak from a man's experience and I feel like men, they do struggle and and it's like almost in a different kind of way. They can't, they don't really speak as openly as we do as, you know, women um, about it. And so I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm not qualified to speak on it. So unless I had like a, um, you know, someone come on the podcast and talk about it from their experience and in general, I feel like I can only fully speak from my experience because we all have such unique experiences when it comes to body image. And I'm going to pull, I asked my Instagram stories. I asked my, my people on Instagram, what their relationship to their body was like is like. So I'm going to pull some of those answers and discuss it here. So, because like I said, I want it to be more of a conversation. I don't want to, I don't want to speak on it from an expert or a place of expertise. Although like I've learned a lot about it over the years and I've really done a lot of work around my own relationship with my body and stuff. But, um, just going back to how my personality is kind of wired, I can be, I can easily kind of become egotistical and kind of stand on my high horse and feel that like, oh, I have this figured out and blah, blah, blah. And that's another area I just really have to check myself in. So I don't want to sit here and be like, here's what you do to heal. And here's how you can, you know, love your body because everyone's journey is going to look different. So I just kind of want to talk to you about that today. The reason this came up for me is 
I was at roller derby practice on Sunday and one of my teammates skated over to me and she was telling me about how she saw my Instagram or I think she saw my Facebook story. Sometimes I post on both and it's, she was talking about an outfit that I had worn this weekend and the outfit was basically like, I love this freaking bodysuit that I bought. I forget. I think it's like from Thistle and Spire, Thistle and Spire. And it's like this, it's technically, I think, lingerie, but it's completely like mesh see-through. And the only part that's really covered is like your boobies and they're covered with flames, black flames. And then with that, I wore a tennis skirt that I have from Aerie and then some fishnet tights with flames and like my Doc Martens and then like this big oversized silk button up that I have. And she was talking about how she wished she had my confidence to, you know, wear that. And immediately, I think my mind went to the place of like being a larger and curvier woman. I'm used to people kind of saying like, oh, I wish I had your confidence. And like, that's not something they would say, I think, to like a thin person of like, oh, you're so brave for wearing this. My mom, like, last summer told me I was brave for, or I don't even know when it was, but anyway, she told me that I was like brave for posting a picture of me in a bikini online. And I'm like, why is, and I feel like I, I'm not the only one who've talked, who's talked about this, but like as curvier women, we're like, why are we courageous and brave? Which I do understand to a certain extent, because it is like, we're opening ourselves up to criticism. I've seen a lot of curvy content creators that I follow just be annihilated online and like dragged and teased for their bodies and bullied for what they look like. And, and they're like literally my size. And so I totally understand why people think it's courageous. And then at the same time, it sometimes can feel like a backhanded compliment of like, well, I don't know. I think I'm beautiful. (laughs) Like, is it courageous, you know, for me to, show off my body when like what's wrong with it. But again, I understand the nuance of like how society may view that. But then I was like, also, she could have just been speaking on like me wearing something revealing in general, or just the clothes that I choose to wear do make me stand out more. And, you know, I used to fear being as visible as I can be when I wear outfits like that. And it is really bold to show up with like a distinct style but I feel like it is my style that has made me confident. So it's almost like a, I don't know the word I'm trying to use for it. It's like, I needed that. Like I needed the, I need to wear those clothes for my confidence because it does put me in a position to stand out. And, and like, when you wear something like that, you really have to own it. You can't just like half-ass it. You have to be like, even if internally you're like freaking out, Sometimes I really am, but I just like, I stand, I walk with my head held high and I'm like, I know that I look good and I am just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna own this. And recently there have been a few roller derby, roller derby, roller derby outings where the conversation has been centered around weight and size and people wanting to lose weight and people talking about how many calories they're eating or what foods they're not eating And as much as of progress as I've made when it comes to my relationship with food and my body, sometimes these things can still be really triggering. And I'm still, I think, trying to figure out how to navigate 
when I'm in those positions, it's like, oh, do I say something? Do I counter what they're saying? Do I, and I, I tend to respond differently just depending on my mood or where I'm at mentally. Sometimes, you know, I'm like, I think usually my default is just to be like, oh, you know what? It's okay. Like, it's all good. We are just enjoying ourselves. This is, you know, normal, blah, blah, blah. You are beautiful. And I just try to be encouraging. Sometimes I'm just like, I tune out and I'm just like, I can't do this. I'm not in the headspace for this. Sometimes I get really uncomfortable. Sometimes I get irritated. Um, But it's something that like, I feel like this kind of conversation and especially as women is something that we just really can't escape. And sometimes in these situations, I get sad for us because I'm like, don't we have more interesting things and more important things to talk about than we're sitting here gathered, enjoying a meal together. And all we can talk about is how disgusted we feel about our bodies and how we, you know, I don't know. And it's just, I'm, I'm just like, come on, like we're better than this. And speaking to myself too, because I know that there are times where I'm more fixated than other times. And I feel like I gave up so many years of my life obsessing over what my body looked like. And now I'm just like, I don't want to get wrapped up in that. I see so many other beautiful and amazing qualities in the people around me. And I really want to focus on those things. Like what lights you up? Tell me about your day. I want to know what's making you feel creative lately. Like what's your relationship like with yourself or with your spouse or your friend. Like I, I want to know so many more things about you than the size of your body. I'm not even interested in that. To me, I see you as the whole person that you are. And I am just like, Hey, you're here. Like, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about life. I mean, we're given this one life and so many of us just waste it being so worried about what we look like and how we are perceived by others. We can't even enjoy ourselves. And my goal has been to really dive deep into my life and how I feel and how like I can enhance it and just being present with where I'm at. And sometimes that even means being present with me being uncomfortable, whether that's in my body or with my thoughts that day and just accepting that, understanding it, riding the wave, not like making it something that's like absolute turmoil to where it ruins my life experience. Like I think we can have ups and downs in terms of how we feel without without our life experience being ruined if that makes sense. Because sometimes in the past where when I felt low, I would just numb out and just try to avoid it. And I feel like you miss you still miss out on life in that way. So anyway, I want to read some statistics that came from the original episode that I recorded maybe back in 2016 or 2017. So this information is probably still pretty accurate or relevant. If you want to see updated information, you can go to nationaleatingdisorders.org. But at that time, 70% of 18 to 30 year old women don't like their bodies. This was the statistic. And so that's I don't, I still don't know how I feel about this number. I'm like, okay, that's over 50%. That's a lot. But also there, then there's 30% of people that do like their bodies. And that's really wonderful too, because I don't think we hear about it very often. We hear more about women and people who hate their bodies versus the other way around. Um, 50% of women use unhealthy behaviors to control their weight. This could include taking diet pills or, 
ingesting supplements or anything, um, calorie counting, anything even that affects their mental health in the process. You may even be doing quote unquote healthy changes to work on, to change your weight. However, maybe mentally it's still really taxing. And then that's kind of fucking with how you feel about yourself. Like you're becoming so obsessive over it that it's impacting your relationships or your everyday life. So things like that. Um, another statistic is that the average woman is five, four and weighs 165 pounds. Yet the average model is five eleven and weighs a hundred pounds. So not only just models, cause I don't think we're looking to models as much as we used to, but we are looking to the people on social media who maybe look not unrealistic for themselves or you, you just, you really never know what somebody is doing to be the size that they are, be where they're at. And you never know how they feel. So you, so it's like so important that you don't compare your journey and your body to somebody else's. And I think about this so much when I've like gone on vacation with my super skinny friends and I'm like, you know, you know, you observe the behaviors around food or like you, you pay attention to what you're eating versus what your friends are eating. And, and I've so many times, especially since I healed my relationship with food and I consider myself a quote unquote normal eater to where I find it more natural to eat when I'm hungry and turn down food if I'm not and, you know, stop eating when I'm full. And I've so often seen, and even living with a man who is naturally thinner than, than I, I've always seen that these people seem to eat a lot more than me and a lot more freely than me. And yet our bodies are so different. And that's not to say that like, I don't, that I'm count, like that I know exactly how many calories they're ingesting and stuff. But just by observation, I am like, Hmm, that's interesting that they seem so free around food or like some influencers I follow that, you know, eat at all these different restaurants and try all this different food and they're really thin. And yet if I did that, I would probably weigh like 400 pounds. I do have to be, I do choose to be mindful of, you know, the difference in my body. Maybe it's something I've just gotten used to is that I do have to eat differently than my naturally skinny friends or the skinny people that I know in my life. And maybe it's a habit for me at this point. Um, Again, if I, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but if I listen to my hunger and fullness cues, I think I, I notice I also tend to be hungry, like very less often. And I'm not saying all of this to tell you to like compare how much you eat or even think about how much I'm eating because I really don't want you to pay attention to that. It's more so just a matter of just like recognizing that we all have completely different habits around food and we all have different bodies. And so it's just harping on the idea of like you can't compare yourself to somebody else. Um, Back to the statistics though. 30% of men who binge eat experience depression. And again, I have a hard time bringing men into the conversation just because I don't know their experience, but I, I definitely empathize. Um, and then 43% of men are dissatisfied with their bodies. So 43% as compared to 70%, definitely, uh, you know, a disconnect there. And I'm sure we can understand why I think Women are more prone to 
feeding into beauty standards just because that's the way that we're socialized. But we have to remember that people of all genders and, you know, experience life experiences can have can can deal with very similar I almost wanted to say experiences again but can deal with similar struggles and we we I think just have to have compassion for each other and be open and willing to listen to each other about whatever it is that we're experiencing instead of being like well that wasn't my experience this isn't so it can't be true you know it's life is just one big nuanced machine so now I want to read through some of these responses that I got from friends on Instagram. And first of all, to everyone who responded, I really appreciate it. I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability because, again, these can this can be a really sensitive topic. And because we're all coming at, at it from a different place and experience, um, yeah, it's it's you're really opening yourself up to. Um, I don't know. I can't really put it into words, but again, I I really appreciate you trusting me with this information too. I'm obviously, as I had said, keeping the responses anonymous and, and yeah, I just, I really resonated with so much of what you all were saying. And I think I resonated with every single person and, and it's, I, I love that every person came with a different perspective and, um, made me think about it in different ways. So again, I appreciate you all for doing that for me. So the first response is no, but I'm working on it, especially with the mindset of accepting what my body is right now. So I'm trying to step out of my comfort zone and dress how I've always wanted to dress, but for the body I have now, not the one I continue to wish I had. And again, I resonate with this in so many ways. I think the points, the points I want to highlight for this one are, first of all, accepting where your body is right now. I think even if we want to change, lose weight, gain weight, whatever, there are changes that we want to make with our bodies. It's so important that we at least find acceptance or try to find peace or neutrality with where we're at in the moment, instead of constantly wishing that it were different. That also makes it easier to focus on whatever changes that you want to make because You can focus on doing the things that feel good, that move you more toward your goal versus being so critical on yourself and beating yourself up every day and just not, not being able to, I guess, like I said, focus. Um, I don't know. I, my thought process tonight is a little bit disappointing. I thought I was going to be able to have a more like eloquent conversation about this, but I hope you are bearing with me. And, and again, like feel like we're talking in person because if you were hanging out with me right now talking about this we'd probably be having a glass of wine or two relaxing on the couch with some music and candles lit and just really getting into it having an honest probably messy not so polished conversation about this stuff so accepting where your body is right now I really love that for you and again I can't stress enough how much doing that like for me learning to accept where my body is in the moment again just allowed me to not feel like I was constantly fighting against myself the other thing this person said is that that she's trying to step out of her comfort zone and dress how she's always wanted to dress but with the body she has now and I cannot love this comment more because I can't tell you how much like growing up I would see my thin sister dress a certain way or see skinny girls dress a certain way 
and feel like what they wore I had to emulate in order to feel... Well, first I felt like I had to lose weight to be able to wear the things that they were wearing. And growing up, you know, in the 90s, of course, you did kind of have limited access and still can have limited access to these more like trendy pieces if you're more like midsize or plus size and if you exist in a larger body. So I, um, it's real. It, again, it's tricky talking about this stuff because For me, it was a matter of finding out, figuring out what, like, what, how I could dress in a way that feels right for me, that feels, like, good, and, um, gosh, what am I trying to say right now? Trying to step out of my comfort zone, dress how I've always wanted to dress, but for the body I have now. I think more so when I think about this, too, I, it, it, how many times can I say think in this episode and in how many different ways it brings up the amount of times that I would save certain clothes in smaller sizes because I felt like, oh, that's my goal clothes. Or if I grew out of something, I would just keep it. And so I would have all these clothes in my closet that didn't fit and didn't feel good when I put them on. And then I would feel worse about myself. That really contributed to negative body image spirals. And so just finding pieces that complement your body and um, and don't even have to complement your body. You know what? As long as you feel good in it, and I know that that's also complicated, I'm coming at this conversation from so many different perspectives. And what I mean by that is some people feel that you shouldn't have to feel the need to wear things that look quote-unquote flattering. And I agree with that. And I think that is such body freedom to to come to arrive to that place where you don't feel the need to wear something that looks quote unquote flattering. I personally am not there and I feel like when I put something on my body, I guess everyone's also going to have different opinions of what looks flattering. And so for me, you know, if I'm wearing a crop top or I'm wearing a mesh see-through thing, I might feel that it looks good on me, but someone else might be like, ew, like you're too big to wear that or whatever. But what really matters there is that I like the style of it. I like how it fits me and it feels comfortable on my body. And that's really what matters. And so instead of feeling like you should wear things that are quote unquote appropriate for your body size. So you may think like, oh, I'm I have gained weight, so I should wear big baggy clothes, but you don't feel good in those clothes, but you feel like, oh, I should wear big baggy clothes to hide my body until I lose weight. No, I say show off your curves, baby, like show what you got right now. And I've noticed that in doing so, like I feel a lot more self-conscious in baggy clothes and I feel a lot more comfortable in tighter fitting clothes. But you know what? Some other woman might feel differently. If you feel good and you feel comfortable and confident in baggy clothes, no matter your size, like fucking wear those baggy clothes. You know what I mean? Like it's so individual. Wear what feels good to you and what makes you feel confident, no matter your body size. And that's what I take away from this person's response. Another response says, no, I'm just not happy with what I see when I look in the mirror. It doesn't help that I don't feel best in my body right now either. But I have to admit that even when I'm doing all the right things, uh, in quotes, exercise, eating good food, etc., 
I still find things to dislike about how my body looks. I have just developed unrealistic beauty standards and social media has created even more of an idea of what beauty is and how I don't fit into it. I try to mitigate that, of course, but I feel that is so ingrained in everything I consume or see that I'm regularly battling societal beauty standards. That's so true. And that's something that I think I kind of brushed on earlier of you can't escape beauty standards as much as you try, as much as you try and follow different people on social media, you're still going to see it on TV or on ads or as you're walking around or, you know, it's just like it's everywhere. So what you can do is control, I guess, maybe not even control when you see it more so when you see it what is your response to it how do you react to it how do you handle it mentally and how do you help yourself cope with the natural thoughts and feelings that come up when you feel uncomfortable from comparing yourself to those beauty standards and I've really had to check myself with this and when it comes to some of these beauty trends like lip filler I think Like I see the women who have lip filler and, you know, again, differing opinions. I so often am like, God damn, they look so pretty. I want to get filler in my lips. And then I really have to think, well, it, it does that feel right? Like the right decision for me. What do my lips look like now? Would I want to touch anything about them? And so when I go down these like rabbit holes of thinking, like I... I do appreciate that on another woman and I love and respect her for making that choice for herself, but is it the right choice for me? And so often when I really take the time to think about it, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't think so. And you know, a lot of times it's because I don't have the money for it. So if I get some money over here, I better watch the fuck out. (laughs) But my point goes back to the idea that we have to check in with ourselves as individuals that it is so easy to get caught up in the, I guess, groupthink or what everyone else is doing. And we want to fit in. It's wired in us to, to want to belong. And, but we don't, we don't, I guess it depends. Again, I don't want to broadly speak for anyone, but we are, we have evolved to care so much about fitting in for survival purposes. And, you know, relationships are, so vital to longevity and health. However, I think we have more options now in terms of like, oh, if this group doesn't accept me, then I can hopefully find someone else that does. There's just a lot that plays into this mentally. It's just like a mind fuck. And especially when it becomes cultural. So like Ozempic, the fact that at first I think we were weary of Ozempic. Now it's becoming so normalized. We're praising it. We're praising people who take it. And again, I'm all for you choosing whatever works best for your body. But Ozempic is another thing that for me has really come up in my mind as like, oh, I have waited for something like this, for a solution like this to where, you know, I have struggled with my body weight for my entire life. And like, what if this is the solution I've seen the more and more when I see women have these results and especially public women and just like be praised for it. And I see the changes and you can look at somebody and just assume that like, oh, their body is smaller. They look like they're glowing. They must be happy and every issue in their life must be solved. 
you have to check yourself there too, because a thinner body doesn't mean a better life. No body size determines the quality of your life. Oh, there goes my uh, Alice. Hold on, I'm going to go turn her off. We named our little Roomba Alice, which is from Brady Bunch, the maid on Brady Bunch, if you didn't catch that. But anyway, yeah, so one thing I've learned is that the size of your body doesn't change the quality of your life. It's the quality of your thoughts and your habits and your relationships and a lot of other things that that make up how good or bad you feel on a daily basis. And then sometimes you can't even control it because like I said, mental health, our brains are all wired differently. We're all fighting this uphill battle of what we're seeing and consuming in the media and um, who we're surrounding ourselves with and what work is like. And there's just so many things that contribute to how we feel that like that have nothing to do with our bodies. And so you cannot fix your life by becoming skinnier. And so every time I think about like, oh, I want to take Ozempic or maybe I can get a prescription for Ozempic. I'm like, well, what are the long-term ramifications of this? What will I have to commit to doing? What will, I don't know. There's just a lot that plays into it that I, that I really consider before I take, I would take that step. And you know, if a doctor offered it to me tomorrow, I can't tell you that I would turn it down because while I've learned to be at peace with my body and sometimes I actually feel genuinely happy in the body that I have, I also recognize that existing in a larger body in the society that we're in makes some things difficult. So so yeah, it wouldn't solve all of my issues, but at the same time, maybe I would be more confident. I'd worry less about what people think about me, but maybe not also because back when I was like 50 pounds lighter than I am now and, and people considered me as like skinny, they would make comments about like, oh, it must be nice to be naturally skinny like you. I was like, bitch, I'm not naturally skinny. I have to obsess over what I'm eating every single day and how I'm exercising. I'm miserable over here. And so I was in a thin body and even then, like I still, I didn't have the confidence or really get to enjoy, I guess, thin privilege because I didn't think that I was skinny in the first place. And that's the thing, like you lose weight and then you are like, you don't see, maybe at first you are on the initial high of everyone's comments and compliments and you see the difference, but then you adjust to that body. Then you start to find things wrong with that. And then you're like, oh, I need to be smaller. I need to change this. You do. It's just like getting a shiny new toy and then eventually it wears off and you're like, okay, what's next? Like we do that with all aspects of our lives. We're like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? So if we're not, if we don't learn to be satisfied with what we have, how can we ever think that we're going to appreciate having something else? So another comment says, no. what was my question again? Are you comfortable in your body? No, I was conditioned by sports, my coaches and society to always be smaller. Despite being very fit and practicing up to 20 hours a week in grade school, due to my high muscle density, I received the obesity letter that was sent home from the school nurse because my BMI was high. This is insane to me. Until age 14, I had to wear white leotards so my coaches could see what I looked like. We were fat tested with pinchers when I was younger, which evolved into the bod pod when I was in college. And in college, if we were over 12% body fat, we had to do extra cardio. 
My coaches routinely gave us what was called fat talks when they noticed any fluctuations in body weight. But I try to reprogram my brain to think differently and I make sure to bring up the next generation to love themselves. And gosh, I don't even have words to the amount of anger that I feel about these adults that are putting this onto a child and an adolescent in their most formative years. And and this person who shared this is like one of so many students and, and athletes and children and again, teens who have had this experience and who've had to spend their lives trying to reprogram something that they never chose to learn in the first place. Like you join a sport because... I don't know, again, many reasons you could choose to join a sport when you're growing up and, um, it, but you didn't, you didn't choose to have all these messages thrown at you. And then you have to spend so many years unlearning and maybe you just never do. What I think is important that this person said is that instead of being like the other coaches and adults that influenced influenced her when she was younger that she is changing that narrative and she is saying that you know maybe even I still struggle with body image issues but I'm not going to put that on the next generation and I know this person coaches as well and so I it makes me really appreciate that she is having a positive influence and changing the way that we coach student and younger athletes and athletes in general, I know there's been, you know, conversations about being more inclusive in sports and athletics, but it's, it's still, it's a back and forth battle, especially now, as I had brought up like Ozempic and the body standards are changing again. We were starting to make progress on accepting diverse bodies. And now it's back to, oh, thin is in, you have to do whatever you can to make your body smaller. And what we can do is recognize this shift and choose to reject it and say like, yeah, I understand that it would make life easier in terms of like being accepted or whatever in in that sense. But there's, but like, I don't know. Again, like this is still so new to where like I said, we were making progress in the direction of being more inclusive and accepting. And now it feels like we're going backwards. And I still don't know how to navigate this part of the conversation. But what I can say is that for me personally, I am choosing to be kind and respectful to myself and to anybody else who is a human and knows what it's like to exist in a body and how... I don't know how many feelings we can have about that just and and how it changes from day to day and moment to moment. And yeah, it's, it's complicated. Someone else said somewhat comfortable, but definitely not happy, but it's so much better than how I felt before. And I love that for you. Most of the time. Yes. But took many years to stop judging her appearance and start loving her. Definitely in the, I'm definitely like, I resonate with that. Um, a man responded, he said, no, I'm too skinny. And that's the other thing. Like we forget that people also get self-conscious on the other end of the spectrum. Like my bonus son years ago, when I had started to gain weight, he pointed out how I had a double chin and I took it so personally. And I like 
lectured him and he was just like, Lauren, it's because like, I wish that I had that. Like he, he, he's self-conscious of how he feels too skinny and he wants more body fat. So again, like we all may feel self-conscious about the body that we're in and for different reasons. And then the last one I want to say is, and this one really hit me. I am, but the question is, are others? That's what makes me insecure. And I feel that so hard because there are so many days where I'm just like completely at peace with my body. I feel comfortable, relaxed, whatever. And then I realize like, oh, people are going to see me at different angles. They're going to see me at every angle, any unflattering angle. Or I maybe I'm going to go out and I'm going to be fat shamed by men who don't accept that you know, women exist in a different size bodies. And they're like, who does she think she is all dressed up and dolled up or whatever. And they want to take me down a notch and make comments. I've had people, you know, as an adult, even make comments about my body. And it was so much easier to escape the fat shaming, obviously by losing weight, but at what cost, what was the mental toll that that took? And it's to me, it's not worth the trade-off. It is like, Yeah, it sucks when I get those comments and it hurts in the moment, but I'm so much stronger now because I know how to have that conversation with myself of like, what really, what is it that makes me worthy? And how do I feel when I'm around my friends or around different like uh, people who may be considered like, you know, fat, chubby, whatever, however they are called, um, again, I use this language like neutrally. I am not meaning it as an insult. I'm just, there are different ways to describe bodies and different people describe, I don't even know how to describe myself in my own body, to be honest. I'm just like, I'm just a, I'm just a woman. But when I observe people in their bodies, and maybe this is because I've done the work, I'm not thinking negative things about them at all at any range of if you have a double chin, if you think your arms are big or maybe you have rolls or you're whatever it is, I I observe those things in such a neutral way that I'm just like, oh, like I can relate to that. My My stomach goes over my pants when I sit down too. And then I actually like feel more comfortable being in the presence of someone um, who, you know, maybe has some similar insecurities that I do. And I don't know, I just, I don't look at people differently based on the size of their body, but I do understand that there are still are so many people that do and that feel like it's okay to bully or demean somebody based on the size of their body. And, you know, I feel bad for those people because they probably feel really shitty about themselves too. And I would hate to go back to that place. So the... Self-talk and just being aware of the of those nuances that I've spoken about really make a positive difference in how you feel in your body and and how you navigate the challenges that you have when it comes to body image. So I just want to wrap up the episode. I don't want to make it too long, but I want to share a few things that I've done over the years to feel more comfortable in my body, to help with confidence. The first thing, the first place that I started was with that acceptance of where I'm at and accepting that maybe I will never be thin again in my life. And I really had to grieve that for many years. And I still do sometimes think that like, 
maybe like I wish I was thin or wish I was thinner and I have to go back to that place of acceptance. Well, maybe I wish that, but in this present moment, this is the reality. And accepting that my body type and body shape is unique to me. Nobody is going to have the exact same features and measurements and everything that I do. And so all I can do is really develop a relationship with my body, understanding how I'm built and, and I don't know, just learning how to dress myself based on the areas that I want to highlight that I do love, like my waist. I love my boobs. I love my legs, but I've chose, these aren't things that I like naturally always loved. I've chosen to feel differently. I've learned to feel differently about them because, you know, before I'd be like, oh my gosh, my thighs are so big. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, my thighs are so big. I love them. Or my waist, like when I wanted to be smaller, I compared myself to those Instagram models or back when I was like bodybuilding, I thought that I should look that way, but that's not my body type. I have to be realistic about what is natural for me. And for me, I'm just built larger. Like, yeah, I can really work hard to get down to a smaller size because I've done it before, but I'm going to say it again, at what cost? It's not fucking worth it. So when I developed that neutrality and acceptance, then I started to think of like food and exercise in terms of something that enhances my life versus as something that I use as a tool to like punish myself or again, like shape me into whatever size that I think I should be. So I exercise because it feels good. I do exercise that feels good to me. I've learned that I've learned to, I think the biggest thing is listen to my hunger and fullness cues and honor that, which honestly took years because if you were part of the clean plate club or you have chronically dieted over the years, so you don't even know how to listen to your hunger and fullness cues. I learned all of this from Health at Every Size, the book, and I learned about the hunger and fullness scale because honestly, before I only knew what it felt like to be really hungry or to be really full and not that in between. And so just working on my relationship with food, learning to feel neutral about all foods Versus thinking of like, oh, this food's on a pedestal because it's so good. It's so clean. And this food's this food's forbidden because it's so bad. Because then I would binge on the forbidden foods naturally. So when I like imagine laying a huge buffet out and for the rest of my life, I can choose whatever I want from that buffet. Surprisingly and counterintuitively, it's a lot more normal for me to just have a selection of different things every day. So if there is donuts on the table and then there's broccoli, it's not that like, oh, if I have access to donuts every day, I'm going to eat donuts every day. It's, it's no, it's like, "Mm, donuts sound good today. I'm going to have that. And then it's like, okay, cool. Moving on. Then the next day I'm like, "Mm, you know, broccoli sounds good today. And then I have broccoli. And then it's like, you're getting your variety of nutrients and, um, your status. I think satisfaction with food is also very important. If you're not feeling satiated, then you're just going to keep eating because you're feeling like, oh, I'm missing something. I'm missing the satisfaction portion of eating. Eating is one of the most pleasurable things that we do and we forget that. 
because again, we've learned to feel guilty and to shame ourselves, just like with sex, with any, with other things, with other types of pleasure that we experience. We think like, Oh, I'm so bad for experiencing pleasure. No, you're not. You're a fucking human being. Like enjoy your food and eat whatever amount feels right for you. And listen to your body and just move more towards the things that make you feel good in life. And that's what I've done over the last few years. And it really does make a huge difference. Another thing I've done over the years is following women online of a variety of sizes, especially women that I feel look like me or are my size. So I can see that representation and just seeing them wearing different things and feeling confident in their skin. It's just really inspiring. And then I don't feel like I'm just constantly hit with this image of like someone who's not me that I don't resonate with, but feel like I should mold myself to be like, no, I can find women that look like me and who are living happy, fulfilled lives, just like I want to be doing. Um, I also try my best not to engage in diet and weight loss talk. Again, I know that's hard not to do, but this is especially important for me when I'm in environments where food is present because I really try to protect my peace with my food habits. And I don't want to be in a position where I feel uncomfortable when I'm eating. And then I go home and I take that mentality. So I've gotten called out for that before from people being like, feeling like I was judging them because I wouldn't engage in diet talk and weight loss talk, but it's more so for self-protection and self-preservation. Um, let's see. I also seek to surround myself with people who are body neutral and kind to people of all bodies and sizes and shape and shapes, including their own. It, w- it would be really hard for me at this point to develop close relationships with friends who are constantly fixated on the size of their body, just because it's like, what else would we have in common? And it would be like hard for me to be around that too much because again, I'm protecting my peace in that way. Uh, I allow, I think this one's really important. I allow myself to have negative body image days or thoughts about my weight or size when I see pictures and videos of myself where I'm like, whoa, I don't like how I look. I don't like try to stop myself or change the thought. I'm not like, oh, what girl? You're beautiful, which I do know I'm beautiful, not because of what I look like, but because of who I am. And I focus more on that. Um, but I allow myself to have those thoughts. And again, I talk myself through it if necessary. Sometimes it's just a matter of like getting out of my head and like going and doing something. I notice when I look in the mirror less and just focus less on my appearance in general, my body image is a lot better. So it's interesting because I love wearing outfits and taking pictures and clothes, but on the days where I'm just like, I take a picture or video of an outfit I put on and I'm like, I think to myself like, oh, I don't really love how I look. Like I'm just kind of like, okay, well, you know, we can revisit that video or picture in a few days or whatever. And usually I feel differently. Most of the time it's more so of how I'm feeling mentally. Maybe again, like I heard somebody say a fat shaming comment to someone online and it got me in my head or my hormones are fluctuating, whatever it is. Like I recognize that I feel so different about, not so different, but I feel different about my body depending on the day, the hour or whatever. And so just like anything else in life, mental health, happiness, whatever, I recognize that there's ebbs and flows and that's completely normal. And then I just like move on with my day. And most importantly, no matter what, I speak kindly to my body and I catch myself when I'm being overly critical 
And I say no matter what, as in like, I am not 100% perfect, but that's a standard that I hold for myself, that I'm going to be kind to myself and to my body and kind to others and to their body. So I'm not, you won't catch me speaking negatively about somebody's body or really appearance in general. Um, So anyway, that is I feel like I was like talking so fast and out of breath because there's so much I wanted to fit in this episode there's more I wanted to say and like I said I I didn't completely eloquently like cover this topic but I just I hope that there is some kind of nugget in here that you resonate with or something that spoke to you or if anything this episode made you feel less alone if you struggle with feeling comfortable in your body and in your skin Body stuff is complicated. We have to give ourselves and each other more grace for where we're at. That's going to change over the years as we age, as we're in different phases of life. You have a baby that completely changes how you feel about your body. You gain weight, you lose weight. You're grieving the fact that like you've given up on dieting and trying to change your body and you're just going to accept where you are, but that's hard some days too. So hopefully just talking about it can be at least somewhat healing And then being more mindful of the ways we speak to and about ourselves and others is just so important. So if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kendrick if you want to talk more about this, you want to share your thoughts. I appreciate you for listening to this episode, for even giving my podcast a chance, and I love you so much for that. And I will talk to you again sometime soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or leave a five-star review wherever you listen. Have an idea you want to pitch or just feel like chatting with me about the episode? Come find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kendrick. Can't wait to hear from you.